When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And actually, it's time for Purple Access. Judd, Chip, Scoggin, Star Tribune Sports Columnist, and uh, Declan Goff, of course. Uh, Chipper, uh, you, you just said off mic what I was uh, starting to write about for, by the way, my friends at Vikings Wire. Uh, which is when you look at the advanced stats, the simplest stats, and you crunch them, the Vikings 10-2 and record flies in the face of logic, which is why the national folks are not jumping on board, and I think the word fraud has been th- thrown out. So as a person who watches this game, the, these games like I do every week, um, can you offer more insight and explanation? <laughs> because the eye test does apply here to a certain degree for sure. No, I have no, I have no logic. I have no insight, it's, and I'm not big into the deep dive analytics numbers. I was just looking at, just out of curiosity, before we came on here, scoring average, mm-hmm. which, you know, basic. I mean, points you score a game. They're yeah. averaging less points, fewer points a game than last year when Zimmer was the coach. Last year, when we killed their offense, they they uh, their scoring average was twenty five point zero. Yep. Right now they're and that was 14th in the NFL. Right now they're sitting outside the top 10. They're 11th at 24.1. So I don't know, Judd. I mean, I, I I've been saying this for weeks. I don't. I know Kirk Cousins is on pace to have maybe his worst statistical season of his as a starter. Yes. I don't care. I don't don't I don't care about stats. I mean, he's making winning plays now. Last week. He couldn't – he was – last week it was atypical how wild he was and how off the mark he was. I mean, he's normally – that's, you know, kind of his calling card is his accuracy, and he can put the ball, you know, on the money. He was high, wide. He talked about being sped up by the pass rush of the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in the moment of truth, when it got to be 20-15 to 15 and they had to have a score, he goes 5 for 5 for 62 yards and throws that, you know – that great pass to Jefferson um, for the touchdown. So they're weird. <laughs> That's yep. all I get. They're a weird team. That, how's that for uh, analysis? They're a weird team. They are a weird team. Uh, yes, but they are a weird team. But the thing about them that's, you know, and, and it's basically uh, an apples to apples comparison from last year is they are a team now that makes the big plays at the right time. A year ago, they almost never did. Short, short of that uh, that play that I think 
Harrison Smith made at the end of the Pittsburgh game, which preserved that game, which was a big yeah. play. But, you know, yeah. last year they didn't get and or make the plays at crunch time. And this year, nine consecutive one-score wins, they do. And that's the weird thing about football is if you can make those plays, like look at – that. That's why it frustrated me last year when we constantly heard, well, the Vikings record, if they won their one score game, okay, but they didn't. You didn't. You didn't, yeah. So, like, that's the difference to me, and and I'm not going to discredit them for making plays at winning time. That's why, you know, it's kind of become this running narrative. Are they lucky, or are they – well, I I don't know. Luck doesn't make good plays. Luck doesn't make – Correct. Game turning plays, an interception, a catch, a touchdown, a you know, a run, a sack, or whatever. That's not luck. Um, and I know the one score games. The theory is, hey, those you know tend to be fifty fifty. Some years they go your way, some years they don't. You know, and that's why people think that this team's not championship caliber. Um, and I understand that because you know they they have getting uh, they have gotten blown out twice mm-hmm. um, by by good teams. But I don't. I think it's a discredit, and it's not right to just say, "Ah, they're lucky." Ah, they're getting lucky in these games. No, nah, they're not getting lucky. I mean, they're they're making key plays, and we've heard them talk about the situational masters a lot. Um, and I don't know how much that plays into it versus, um, just that they got some pretty good playmakers that when they need to make a play, we'll go do it. Well, yeah, and, you know, if you just go back to the Jets game on Sunday, Chipper, if you look at third downs and the difference mm-hmm. there, the stark yeah. contrast there, the red zone, uh, and, and, yes, I mean, this is a situational sport. Like, it's great yeah. to move between the 20s, but, you know, and we, we saw this a long time ago with the Childress teams, the teams that could move between the 20s and then not score aren't going to win nearly as much as the teams that punch it in. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's, I mean, to the defense's credit, I mean, you know, it, it does feel like they're hanging by a thread sometimes, but, you know, if you can hold teams to field goals and not touchdowns and they were really good in the red zone, really good on third down, um, it's probably not the ideal way you want to do it. You you want to have a rock-solid defense for 100 yards, you know, but it doesn't – I mean, this this defense is not that. And I – I was, Ham, I'll look it up here real quick while we're talking. I would be curious to know – let's see, pass defense. Um, they are still 30-second, yeah. Um, still, uh, yeah, still 30 seconds. So when's the last 10 win team that was dead last in pass defense, you know, 10 and two teams, that doesn't make sense either. Right. No. I mean, if you told me this team has the the worst pass defense in the NFL, I would say they probably have a losing record. Yeah. I mean, it it would be, well, or if you said, I'm not going to tell you what it is. They have a winning record, but the worst pass defense in the league, I would say, okay, they're putting up a ton of They're They're top-scoring offense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Offense. They're offsetting that by by scoring a ton of points. Yeah, I mean, this is a weird team, um, but, you know, you don't win nine consecutive one-score games by luck. You might win one or two by luck, yeah. by good fortune, but at some point in time um, – you have to embrace your identity no matter what that identity is. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah, that's 100% right. And it is interesting, um, you know, like last year, they, they could not make that play consistently. Now, we saw it a couple times in, in close games, but consistently. Mm-hmm. And you see it, the teams that are playing that just either shoot themselves in the foot, have turnovers, you know, whatever. 
uh, when the game's there for the taking. Um, I think about the, you know, the, I go back to the Cardinals game, the passes that Kyler Murray was making, just throw one up for grabs, you know, and, and for an interception. I mean, that's where I think the Vikings are showing some toughness in that when they get in these games, they know, okay, we got to make a play here, right? We got to, right. um, one side of the ball or other, or even special teams got to make a play. And, and that's where I think this team has a, has a toughness about it. Like, because I think it is when you get in those situations where, you know, two minute or, you know, the momentum's going against you and you got to stop it and make a play like we saw Sunday against the Jets where they had to have that drive. I mean, it's 20 to 15 now. The Jets felt like they are just going to keep kicking field goals. But it got to 20 to 15. The offense couldn't do anything. Cousins was wild as can be throwing the ball. And then he just starts putting passes on the money. The offense got aggressive, throwing the ball down the field, and and there you go. They, you know, as O'Connell said, they don't win without that touchdown. So to me, that 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 was a sign of toughness. Yes. Well, and you know what? The the last drive that the Jets had, the Bynum pick. I mean, that's a huge play. That's a huge play at the the right time. I'm not trying to defend how they're winning. I just think it's too simplistic to like just Correct. discredit them. And they are they've won ten games. If they had seven or eight wins. I'd be like, okay, that's not that great. But they have the second. I mean, the amazing thing is, yeah. and and why I think this takes more uh, thorough discussion is they have the second most victories in the National Football League to Philadelphia. Yeah, they have the second most wins. They're ten and two, and it seems like by the week we're picking them apart. It's like, what is going on? Right, because it doesn't but, make because because you're right. The statistics don't back up the record. Yeah, and you're right. I hope people are enjoying the season at least, and not like. This team's flawed. They're lucky. They're this or that. I was like, they're ten and two. Enjoy this. I mean, how often? Often you get a ten and two season, and I think, I think they are. I mean, you could tell by the you know the oh, yeah. the stadium. Um, the stadium has been rocking um, for these games, and it's been loud. I think they're into it, and it's. I'm just curious when they get in the playoffs, what that's going to look like because you're going to play. You're going to face good teams, and yeah. can this formula take you on a run in the playoffs? I think that's the that's the question. I mean, you know, we'll we'll ask it obviously when they get there and you get to the playoff time. But um, can this formula can you win in the playoffs with a defense that gives up you know that many passing yards and an offense that really is just not consistently clicking? I've started to give this great thought though. So forget <laughs> when they get here. I want to talk about this right now. <laughs> the buck stops here. I've started about. to give this thought because it, but but it's a very Considering the the Eagles loss in week two and then the Dallas debacle, it's a very fair question because you're going to face good teams. You're right. And and more importantly, you're likely going to face good quarterbacks. Like um, Mike White, like you had the right formula to stop Mike White and the Jets. Uh, But if that is, you know, a different quarterback, it might be a different story. But so here's what I think defensively, especially, though. I think you have to take the playoffs as sort of a separate thing for sure from the regular season, Chip. And I think what you would need is, I don't think this formula would work to win playoff games, but I guess my question is this. Can you adjust and tweak it enough against your opponent to stop them? For instance, if you play San Fran, right? Uh, What Pollard did for Dallas, McCaffrey and Debo are going to do to you, and that's two guys. you got to have a plan for that one game, because nothing's more important than that one game at the moment to stop them. Um, and I don't know if that's more Asamoa. I I don't know if that's a complete shift in some philosophy. Uh, but if Ed Donatel comes out in in Ed Donatel fashion against <laughs> San Fran or a Dallas, yeah. you're going you're going to lose. 
So the question is, can you treat that one game as a very special game and um, uh, rig things yeah. up, yeah. if that makes sense, yeah. for that game? Yeah, I mean, because when you're talking about one game, it's about matchups mm-hmm. and, and, and exploiting those matchups and having the game plan to, you know, try to take away what they do best. Um, and it, you do that in the in the regular season, obviously, but with that, you know, that one game, just that focus, that's all you're worried about. Um, yeah, it, it's it, – that will be – um, that will be the that will be the question is like can this defense, you know, figure out how to take something away from an offense, right? Can you take away? Because right now, what are they taking away? Right, they're big, they're really good in the red zone. Um, like they were Sunday, um, they, they're creating turnovers. I mean, obviously that's going to give you a chance to win. I mean, they True. they've done a good job with that. Um, and vice versa, the offense is like can they? you know, maximize Jefferson. Can they figure out a way to get Dalvin going? Can you, uh, you know, cause it's, you're right. I don't know that this template that they have right now is going to take them a long way through the playoffs, but, but with one game, Jefferson yeah. goes nuts. You never know your defense creates turnovers. That's why it's so fascinating that. And I think that that's still the hesitancy for probably the national folks to really buy into what this team is because it's like they, so much of it is just, Looking at the stats, look at how's this team ten and two? What I mean, their their stats don't show that they should be a ten and two team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you win close games, I think the natural assumption is, hey, they got you know the ball bounced their way this way or that way. There's a little bit of luck involved there, which I, I again I think that's a little bit um, too easy of an explanation. Two things that are going to have to change for a playoff game, um, and it's going to be on the coaching side both ways. O'Connell's going to have to tweak his play calling um on third and two you or on second and two you can't throw two consecutive passes you've got to get the first down because i think i think the most important thing here to me chip offensively not just points um it's possession time the three and outs have to stop you can't be you can't be putting your defense on the field as much as they, they did on sunday against the jets and expect to win the time of possession in the second half and the three and outs i think especially in the in the third yeah. quarter were a real problem. You got to have the ball more. You got to keep it. And I think that's running more um, as crazy as that sounds in this. They got to be more effective doing it. Yeah. I mean, but you're right. Cousins talked about that. I means one thing he brought up in the post game. He's like, he's like, we were staying on sideline too much. You know, we didn't have the ball. Sustained. And, and if you have a defense that's, you know, kind of leaking oil against the pass, you don't want to go back to the Zimmer ball control, keep them on the, the sideline. You know, I mean, you still got to be aggressive, still kind of foot on the gas with your offense. But you're right. They need to pick up more first downs. They got to get that running game going um, to help that out. The other thing that I think you have to start to toy with right now is this. You've got to take some of the balls that are going to Thielen and throw them to Rager and see what happens. Because Chip, Thielen can't, he can't run. He can't, there's no yak there. Um, I, I think he now goes backwards to try and get some, some, uh, a head of steams because he circles back now and, and often goes backwards from the catch. I think he just can't push off. I would love to know the extent of that, what he's playing through with that foot, that ankle. I mean, yeah, it's bad. It's obviously bad. Yeah. I mean, you see him walking, it looks like he's limping you yes. know, when he walks into the, there was a, what was it? The Thanksgiving night uh, game where they showed him walking into the stadium. It's like, man, he's limping before the game, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, you saw the, the catch that Rager made and I mean, obviously he's fast. Um, 
And O'Connell talked about it a little bit on defense last week. He's like, you know, we want to see Asamoah more. Uh, and I wonder if there's, as the season's going on, these guys are kind of accumulating bumps and sprains and those type of things, if, if they aren't going to get more guys involved. Um, I would be curious to see if they could get Rager three more touches, two more, yes. two, three more touches, just to see, you know, what he can do. And maybe they will now. Maybe they, maybe they say, you know what, it's, you know, it's time to kind of give him more, uh, a bigger role in the offense. So I, I'm curious to see if that does going forward. And, um, but Thielen is still so valuable in terms of drawing attention, red zone. I mean, oh, red zone, know, he's fantastic. I know yes. he's not, a, you know, he's not clearly a hundred percent, but, um, but I think O'Connell just trusts him so much with, with everything. And, and if I can get him to run routes where he is right where he needs to, to be when he catches the ball, that's great. Yeah. My point is open field, like on just a five yard gain. Now, now in the red zone, totally different story. But I think throwing him the ball and then and then ha- having to say run is, is an impossibility. Rager intrigues me. Osborne is not nearly what I thought he was going to, to be, but I'm just saying as far as potential, to your point, explosive plays, Rager gives you a chance, especially between the 20s, to have explosive yeah. plays. Yeah, because of his speed and, uh-huh. and I mean, that, that vertical threat. Um, but they need more plays. <laughs> That's yeah. one thing. They just got to have more plays. I mean, yes. we talked about, yeah, you got to spread it more here, give this guy more here, but they need more first downs to be able to, you know, get more plays. They just didn't have enough plays uh, because of the three and outs last week. We definitely. In the, in the second half, yeah. On defense, if you play a team that, that's got a, a threat like Pollard, I think what you need to, to do for that game in particular is you need to, if you don't trust Asamoah to replace Hicks, you need to seriously consider a rarely used package that I've seen, which is three safeties, and get a linebacker off the field, go basically go old school dime, but but it's a big dime because it's safeties. Um, yeah. But I would rather have, if you think Josh Metellus is your best option, I would play him above Hicks if I know I'm going to get dinked and dunked on in the passing game. Yeah, and that was the other, uh, uh, O'Connell mentioned Metellus too, and I think he got what, three, four snaps maybe? Asamo got defense. four, I think he got two. I think he got Okay, two. yeah, I know. So not a huge sample, obviously, but but the fact that O'Connell talked about it last week before the game saying he wants to see more of them and then, you know, even if it's only a couple snaps they got on there. So um, maybe that's the way they're trending um, because they got to make some adjustments here in terms of personnel or scheme or, or something because, you know, when you're giving up that kind of yards to, you know, the Jets offense, and I know Garrett Wilson's a really fast, talented receiver, um, but the explosive plays that they're giving up in the passing game is is they've got to figure out something because that's, you know, you get in the playoff game and you have a couple of those, that could be the end of your season. Absolutely. I think Dantzler, uh potentially coming back on Sunday. Sunday, yeah, that'll help. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm guessing, <coughs> I'm guessing uh, Evans we're not going to see for a while. Yeah. Uh, if that's, the Kyle say he's had three this year and two in not back-to-back weeks, but two in three weeks. Yep. Um, I'm guessing we're not going to see him for a while. So getting Dantzler back will be huge um, for that, for that secondary. And, and um, I, I don't know when he's going to come back exactly, but Darisaw coming back is huge too, because yeah, the kid, Brandle did a nice job, but I mean, we're talking <laughs> yeah, about not, a all pro yeah. left tackle and Darisaw. Yeah. And, and 
That Jets defense was physical, Judd. I mean, they came to hit. They were I mean, fun, weren't they? Boy, it was uh, – it felt old school there for the first half of the hits they were putting on Jefferson, and Cousins took some. And I give Vikings credit. They stood up to it. I mean, Jefferson bounced right up and did his first down sign, and it, yeah. it, they were not going to be intimidated by the physical uh, nature that the Jets brought. But, they, yeah, I knew, I knew the Jets were good because they were fourth in points or whatever, and I hadn't seen them a lot defensively. But you can see why they're highly ranked defensively. They are physical. That that is probably the most physical game I, I think I've seen that offense uh, have to go against. It's fun to watch too because I, I mean they they probably take a little bit of excess in penalties because the officials are watching for it. But yeah, uh, that's that secondary lays you. The corners out. are good, old school, and their corners are physical. They like, they want to get their hands on you and beat you up too. Um, so they're good. I mean, I, I think they take their flexion of their head coach. Um, so again, that's that's you know, it wasn't. You go out to that big, they get out to the big league, and the second half was just kind of a, you know, couldn't get anything generated offensively, defensively, giving up big plays, but that was a good team. That was a good team that they, I know they had, you don't want to see them have to win it that way. Everybody wants to see them run away with games, but I just don't know that this team is built that way because of their defense and the way their offense is kind of not struggling, but just not consistent right now. Yeah. And, and I think odds are strong that in the playoffs, I mean, you're probably not going to beat teams badly, right? Like you're going to win. You, Unless some fluky you happens. You hopefully look better than the Vikings defense did at times on Sunday, but I don't think that you're going to win games by 10 points there. So like that's, this it, is, yeah. this is, you could argue pretty good practice for what the playoffs are going to be like. You just need to play more sound football. And this is, how much do you think, I mean, it's kind of a loaded question, Irish question, but, Having been through these situations a lot, nine times against good teams, you know, not all good teams, but that was a good team. We'll pay dividends once they get in the playoffs and like, you know, they've been in these games. They're not going to panic if it's, if they're behind or not going to, you know, if it's a close game, they're not going to pay if they know they can, that they can, I think it's going to pay dividends when they get in the, in the playoffs. And what's weird about it too is, is for as much as they drive the fan base crazy, they as a team don't panic. Like, when's the last time that you looked, and again, a lead was going away, right? They're blowing the lead, and you looked at the sideline, and it's, oh, my God, chaos, because we've seen that before. Oh, yeah. I don't see that from this team. I see sort of a calmness, and, and a, or, they're collected. More so than panic, you don't see slumped shoulders. Yep. And, uh, and uh, you know, and I think that's more what you see, like, it's more like, you know what, this is not our day. It's just, yeah, you know, nothing's working. And that's why I, that's when I talked about the toughness, that's what I mean. Like, it would have been easy for uh, for the offense, for Cousins to get really frustrated with that second half and and even the first half, the way he was throwing the ball. I mean, he started 0 5 and he was missing guys. And, yeah. But he, you know, they stayed with it. And to me, that, that shows toughness when, when you don't have your best day by a stretch. I mean, his, his accuracy was just all over point. But when you need it, you can summon it and, and, really lock in and, and have a drive that that's important to me. That's a, that's a sign of toughness that I think this team has in, in these games um, in these situations where, you know, a player here or there can decide whether you win or lose and they're, they're finding ways to, to make it. And Kirk is tough. I mean, that, that's, yeah, that's the one thing he took a beating on Sunday. He took some hellacious hits. He got right back up. I mean, he, inter- he introduced the contact with CJ Mosley, which yeah. I thought was half crazy, but he got right back up from that too. Yeah, it's interesting. He he said that the the Jets' pass rush sped him up, and I haven't heard him say that before. He's like, 
suddenly his accuracy problems had to do with the pass rush, and even if he wasn't getting hit, it, it he got all out of whack kind of timing wise. He said he was throwing it before he had, it was set and before the route had developed, and he was needing to like slow himself down a little bit. So it was interesting to him, hear him kind of say that and explain like. He said that you know the T.J. Hawkinson one was just a bad throw. He just missed yeah. it. I think that's the one he, he was really the Jefferson one that, that Justin dropped was behind him too. That was not a but great Jefferson. Throw. That was not He's a great throw. Je- yeah, Jefferson said that will haunt him because I mean it was it was back here, but I mean heck, <laughs> if it's you know anywhere near Je- Jefferson, we, you sort of expect him to catch it. Um, but yeah, it was just it was weird. Like his timing from the very get go, like there was just some throws. You're like, wow, what was that? You know, you just don't see that from Cousins and. And I asked O'Connell about it, and he's like, you know what? Some days are just like that. Some days you just have a – you're off the mark, which is, you know, kind of refreshing to hear a coach say that. It's like, you know, he's normally accuracy, accurate. Son, that day he was not. And so they still found a way to win. Great stuff, Chipper. Talk to you uh, next week. All right, brother. We'll see you. Thanks.